Okay, Parshas Shoftim. You guys ready to roll? Can you hear me? Can you hear everything? Am I talking? You can hear me? Yeah? Good. Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, Parshas Shoftim uh, continues with some of the uh, halachic discourse that Moshe kind of launched into last week. Uh, some halachas that we're familiar with uh, from earlier parts of the Torah, and some of them uh, are, are new. Just a quick rundown. Uh, talk, first thing talks about Jewish judges and Jewish courts. Um, don't bring a korban if it has a mum. Uh, Moshe reiterates that someone who worships the Zara is Chayv Misa. Um, there's a halacha of a rav who rebels against the psak uh, of the Sanhedrin. Um, we have a long list of halachas of a Jewish king. He's not allowed too many wives. He's not allowed to take the nation down back to Egypt to get horses. Uh, he has to keep a Sefer Torah with him at all times, which we'll talk about today. Uh, Moshe goes over the, the matanos for Kohen and Levi, but the matanos Kohen and Levi, the gifts that the Kohanim and the Leviim get. Uh, don't listen to false prophets. Shikosh Baruch will send Leviim. Uh, Ir Miklat, uh, again, that we talked about uh, if someone kills Bishogig with negligence, he can run to a, a city designated for that. Uh, the halachas of an Eidzomim, if someone testifies falsely or, or plans on and, and schemes to try and get somebody either killed or to pay money or whatever it is. Uh, a lot of halachas of Jewish warfare. Uh, for example, someone who has either bought something new, like bought a new house, a new field, married a new wife, they're exempt. If you're afraid, you're exempt. Uh, if you're some nations, you're allowed to offer you know peace and, and a treaty. Other nations have to be destroyed. Uh, fascinating halacha of cutting down fruit trees. You're not allowed to cut down fruit trees. Um, and where we, the couple of psukim over there, which I'm not going to talk about later, but just to mention it now, a couple of psukim over there probably are the makar from the minog of an upshirin because the pasuk says ki ha Man is like a tree of the field, uh, and like there's a three year. Uh, moratorium on eating fruit from a tree. Sorry, that's already. I feel like I shouldn't mention that without explaining it, but but, but we should go into other things. Um, and finally, uh, the halacha of egla arufa, which we will talk about. A very strange halacha. Um, if you find a dead body and you don't know who killed him, so they take uh, the the. Well, we'll explain it later. We'll talk about that uh, for the last thing. Okay, but either way, let's go to the beginning of the puzzle uh, of the of the parsha. Torah says. You should give, you should put judges and shotrim are uh, policemen, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you should put in all your all your cities. You have to have a, a system of law and order, basically. That's the Pajab Shah and those are the Halachos. But as as we've explained, right, the, certainly the Chazid Sharebas, but definitely also the Litvish Sharebas, have used Sefer Dvarim to teach us Musr. Uh, and certainly nowadays, when we're in Chodesh Elul and we have a cycle where we always read Parsha Shoftim uh, in the middle of Elul, uh, so we the Chazal have basically taken the halachic words of uh, of Sefer Tzvarim uh, and used them to teach us Musar. Right, again, we'll see next week's Parsha. The Parsha is Kiseite. The Pasuk says Kiseite Lemacha You go out to war against your enemy, and Chazal are going to explain that it's your personal enemy. It's the Yitzhar Right again, as the Nesiv Shalom explains, etc., etc. So the Torah certainly is basically trying to convey a certain halachic message. That's for sure the basic understanding, the basic uh, you know message of the Torah. But the Torah is eternal, and, and it's the words and the choice of language certainly is uh, eternal, and it definitely also speaks to us in a Musar way. And therefore, there's a fascinating shmuz that by Rav Nelson Finkel, by the Rashi of the Mir, came from Chicago, right? Uh, it had a Went to uh, I think 
if you go to, I always forget if you went to Skokie Yeshiva or Ida Crown, I think I went to Ida Crown. All right, anyway, but uh, it ended up being the, the, you know, the Shiva, the mirror. So fa- fascinating idea at the beginning of the Parsha. He said, Parsha says you have to set up courts based in, in all your cities. Wonderful. What's the point of the policeman? What's the point of the Shotrim? What's the point? You should just said set up based in, set up judges. What do you need the, the shotrim? Right, a shoter in, in modern English is a cop. Right, the shot is a shoter. If you ever get pulled over, you say kvoda shoter or whatever. I don't know. You say you make nice to the shoter. It's a cop. What do you need a cop for? That's what Rashi says. Right, Rashi says what are shotrim? Harodim esha'am achar mitzvosam. People who run after the nation to keep the mitzvos. Shemakin v'kovsim b'makel v'rutzua. They hit. They would hit people. Right, they force people right with the stick and the whip. Adshi kabel loves a dinah shofet until they accept the judgment. Of the basin says there's nothing you think I don't understand. Right? You go to court and you lose. So what are you going to do? You're not going to pay. Right? What do you need a policeman for? Right? You had a whole din Torah, and then the judge decided for your friend. So people are not going to pay. So yeah. So nothing you think says yeah. Man's nature is not to listen. Right? Man's nature, even if it's told by the basin, by the Sanhedrin, by the God of Lador, by his Rebbe, by the Rav of the Shul, even if he's told. Man's nature is not to listen, right? Man's nature is to be porik ols, to throw off right, the yoke of Torah, Yerush, Shemayim, whatever it is. So you need shotrim, you need policemen to enforce right, the judgment of the judges. Says of Nelson Sufenko, extending it into the world of Musr, we have judges nowadays also, right? Not necessarily in court, hopefully not, but our Rabbanim, our Gedolim, our role models, sometimes our Chaverim, uh, people who guide us in the right direction, those are our shoftim. And what you see from here, that just like a person might not necessarily listen to Beisden, even after they told him that he's chayv to pay, or that he has to you know, do X, Y, and Z, so too a person might not necessarily listen to the Rav or the Chevra or whatever. Right? You cannot rely on yourself. Right? A person is inu yokel lismokel atzmo, you can't rely on yourself. Even for the simple stuff. Even if the rabbi just told you what the halacha is. Right? Very often, as we all know, right, a person is liable to uh, to ignore or decide for themselves what the halacha is, right? Just like we have shoftim, Baruch Hashem, we have very wonderful role models and teachers and and rabbanim. Uh, and but we have we need the shotrim, we need the cops, if you will, right, to make sure we keep ourselves uh, on the right path. You need your own personal policeman to make sure you're you're staying on the right path. And even more than that, sometimes it's not related to the negative at all. Right? Sometimes it's not related to Isser. Right? Sometimes a person has great inspiration. Right? You start learning the Dafyomi, you start doing a chesed, you take on a certain halacha, you're more careful with Shabbos, Tznias, Kashras, whatever. And at the beginning, you're amazing. But as time goes by, right, a week, a month, etc., so the dedication obviously starts to wane. Says not so you think all, a person needs policemen for that as well. A person also needs Shotrim for that. To keep themselves on the same path, to keep make sure you have the same fervor uh, as before. The Chinuch writes on this pasuk. Right, the Sefer Chinuch writes that the purpose of the Shotrim was to make sure that people had proper awe and respect of the courts. Right, to make sure that they have the proper habits and a culture of listening to their abundant and based in etc. Well, playing to that nowadays, we we need to have that as well. We need to have the same respect. Uh, and awe and appreciation for either a banim or the halachas that we're trying to improve ourselves on. You have to have the proper yira and respect for what we're doing. So, what are right now that I just you know spent three minutes talking about how we need to have policemen in our lives? That does not mean you should go turn yourself in, right? That what that what are, what are the shotrim that you need nowadays? Right? What are the thing or things that'll keep us 
inspired and help keep us you know a inspired and b not not straying away from what our abundant tell us you know because of our you know natural inclination so that says Rasu Finkel is a Seder Musser that learning us a Musser safer or learning a Musser having some sort of schmooze whether it's once a week or once a day right, for a couple of minutes learning Musser in addition to learning all the other things that a person learns and does or whatever is that's what will keep a person straight that's what will give a person any inspiration it'll keep a person on the right path and it'll reinforce that's the policeman that we have nowadays right learning muster in a consistent manner gives you both aspects right you get a, first of all a person you can understand what's happening if you live in a, in a hefker world if you're just political if you just throw omochoshamayim at the window right if you just ignore everything and live according to our uh, you know physical desires so then muster teaches us what will happen the person will you know it's a disaster through muster as well you're able to keep the fire burning you're able to keep the inspiration going and finally, you're able to get your habits in order. To right, to break some bad habits is necessary, but to refine and to refine the good ones, and to keep uh, you know a proper perspective and respect and awe uh, and covered for for what we're dealing with. So it's crucial to have right Baruch Hashem for those who come to the we do Mitzvah Sharm once a week, a, a, a weekly Musar Seder. If you have a daily Musar Seder, that's even better, right? Whether it's a Shir, whether it's a Harusa, maybe something reading something on your own it doesn't have to be a safer. It could be something in English. But uh, it's so important getting emails from, you know, inspiration or whatever, meaningful people going. There are plenty, plenty of inspiring Jewish podcasts, Jewish Instagram pages, right? meaningful people. If you need a recommendation, meaningful people is great. Uh, 1840 is great. Uh, I forget there are a couple other ones. You can, you can, you don't even need to. It doesn't even need. Well, it's obviously better to have one of the classics for him. But even if you're just driving back and forth and you have some sort of muster that you can listen to, fabulous it's so important to keep a person uh, oriented it's not only in addition to the Torah that you're learning right just to keep your person oriented it's like it's like going to a chiropractor right do you really need to go to the chiropractor yeah to keep your spine straight right that's that's kind of it's kind of crucial people kind of don't do that but that's 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 the that's the muster seder and even more crucial says nothing sweet nowadays in El, right we mentioned last week right that uh, Elul starts off with a bang, and people get very excited. Uh, take on this halacha, that halacha, improve this or that or whatever. By the time Rosh Hashanah rolls around, right, you've completely forgotten. Right, you haven't done anything. Right, so learning Musar right, in a consistent manner keeps you focused. Right, it makes it so Rosh Hashanah doesn't creep up on you. Right, uh, and for someone who's not yet focused, maybe you're not yet motivated. You haven't had the headspace to think about Elul. Rosh Hashanah is a month away. Haven't thought about it. So yeah, Musar puts that into your heart. Musar arouses. Right, the awareness in your heart of the necessary, you know, you have to really start paying attention, right? It's time to, to, to check it out. You realize what you're missing, and hopefully that'll help you uh, think harder about uh, putting in the efforts uh, this time of year. Uh, along the same lines, the Parsha is filled with Yusodos uh, in Shuva, right? The Parsha is filled with Sukkim about judgment. Right about uh, Pazik says Shoftim v'Shoftim. Right, set up Beisdins. Right, if a Shoftu has on Mishpat right, judge the nation uh, in a truthful judgment. Right, in a righteous judgment. Lo Satamishpat, don't pervert judgment. Uh, tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, run after 
righteousness and judgment and stuff like that, right? Again, the Parsha is filled with these type of statements. And as we said, the Rebbe's understand that the Torah is eternal, and it's not coincidental that these Pesukim are coming now instead of in, like, I don't know, February or whatever. So Rav Melech, Rav Melech Biederman quotes the Avodah Yisrael, the Kushnitzer Rebbe, uh, died in about the beginning of the 1800s, I think. And so he points this out, and he says that a person, right, again, obviously Beisden has to judge favorably, but if you're, again, taking this to our own personal lives, we also have to judge ourselves Honestly, right? Sedek, sedek, tirdof. Do not pervert judgment. Right? Judge, judge, per, uh, judge righteously. Judge properly. And if you're talking, if you're conveying that to a, a personal message, we have to judge ourselves honestly because sometimes we kind of like lie to ourselves. Right? We know Kaddish Baruch judgment coming up on Rosh Hashanah. That's going to be MS. That's going to be straight. Right? So we have to be real with ourselves and look honestly at ourselves. Look honestly at ourselves as well. Right? Right? Don't blind yourself to your own faults. Right? Don't think that your averus are not a big deal or that they're actually mitzvos or that you're more righteous than you actually are. Unfortunately, you have to do a deep dive and really think, right? And and not just coast through El. Uh, Rav Melech has an amazing shot of, of the Bnei Yisachar. Right? The Bnei Yisachar. I'm not normally into this stuff. I'm not normally into this stuff at all. I'm not a big gematria guy, but once in a while. You know, it, it, you find a gematria that's like, ah, oh, that's fair, that's pretty good. So the Pazik says, that the actual context of the Pazik is, you'll go out to war and you will go lay siege to a city for many days to fight against it, to conquer it. Says the Bnei Soschar. Uh, the parable is that the Yitzhahara is the one who has laid siege to our minds and our bodies and our souls, right? They laid, laid siege to us. Right? He's laid siege to us many days in order to capture it. What is the gematria of ki tzatzor earlier when you lay siege? Tzatzor, taf, tzadi, vav, resh. I'll do the quick math for you. It's 696. What's 696? That's the amount of hours that there are in Chodesh Elul. Do the math. 696 divided by 29 days in Elul, always 29 days in Elul, comes out to 24. 24 times 29 696 hours in Chodesh Elul. Right? We have these 696 hours to fight off the siege of the Eitzahara. That's the Bnei Yisrael. And it's time to get to work. And Tachlis, right? Elul is time to get to work. I don't push it off until Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner. Rebchatz Kalevenstein, who's the Mashkich of the Mir, when it traveled from uh, Belarus, Lithuania, and to Shanghai. Right, if you ever heard that story, if you haven't heard that story, it's you should look it up. It's a super cool story. Anyway, the mirror what made that crazy thing to run away from the Holocaust. It ended up in Shanghai. Rav Chatzkel was the Mashgiach. He used to give a mushal, and I don't know which country this is. It would fascinate me to find out which country it was. But apparently, in one of the countries they 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 ended up in, uh, there used to be a fine for leaving your courtyard or your your chazer, as they call it in Israel, right? Your courtyard or your your front lawn, let's say, to leaving it dirty because it took away from the beauty of the city. So obviously, Baruch Hashem, a Jewish family with uh, you know lots of kinderlach running around, it's not so easy to keep you know the premises clean. So apparently, as the way the story goes is that you know the city used to send around people to inspect. The inspectors would come around and to see who's got their courtyard dirty. So there used to be a Jew that would run and scream, "Yindelach, kinderlach, yindelach!" Right, and, and when the guy was coming, and the, the Jews would know to run out and quickly either clean up. I guess it, you know they could be able to do it quicker. I don't know why they do it in the original lechachilo, but he basically ran around screaming, "Jews, Jews, Jews!" And then they would know that they would have to go clean uh, up the up the neighborhood a little bit. So that says Rav Chatzko, that's the mushal, the shofar that we blow in Chodesh Elul. Right? We just started blowing shofar. It's screaming, "Hey, Jews, Jews, yindalach, yindalach, go clean your courtyards. Right? Go fix up your property." 
there's a bit more of an, uh, an adorable um, marshal that Ramelech tells. It's I don't you probably I don't know if you'll be able to relate to it so much because it's really only in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, there's um, if you go to shul, so they don't just have the air on all day. It's too expensive. So basically, what they have is they have a little machine that you can put put a couple shekel in, and then it'll turn on the air conditioner. Let's say five shekels. So five shekels will get you I don't know half an hour. So at the end of the half an hour, so it starts making a beeping sound. And not beeping for like three seconds. It's like a full minute of and it, it's extremely annoying. And you can imagine if you're in the middle of Mincha and you're davening Shmonesri, and all of a sudden and no one's going to move because they're davening. It's really, really annoying. So that's the beeping. Says Ramelech, that's the warning that a person should hear when he hears the shofar. It's it's the air conditioning is about to go off, right? It's about to get much less comfortable in here. Right, the AC is about to go off. It's about to get really hot. Uh, he's, he doesn't say it like this, but Gehenim is coming. Right, you can use your imagination. Right, that's the muscle he wants to give. Right, that in Elul we have we got to move it. Right, and we know that even though it's kind of scary that Elul is close to Rosh Hashanah, but Akash Baruch is with us. Right, we know Elul is Anila Dodi Dodi Li. That's Rashi Tevos. That uh, Hashem is close to us. Hamelch Basada. It's a tremendous gift that Akash Baruch gives us this this month of tshuva uh, as we try to return uh, to return to ourselves. Pazik says in this week's parsha, right again, right before next week's parsha, has another phrase about going out to war. Right, you go out to war against your enemy. Right, you see a, a nation with horses and chariots, a huge nation that's much bigger than you. Don't fear them. Because God is with you. Who took you out from Egypt? Says the Orachayim. Again, in classic Hasidic Rebbe style, this is talking about the war against the Itzahara, right? Uh, it's your own personal enemy. You'll go out to war on your enemy. And you'll see that he's super powerful. He's got horses. He's got chariots. He's got great hosts. He's got much more than you, much more strength than you do. So, lo tiramehem. Don't be afraid of them, right? Because God is with you. Who is God? Who took you out of Egypt. Shem took us out of the yuck and the muck and the culture and the Gashmis and the Arias and the Vodazara. All that stuff from Egypt, don't worry. Hashem will take you out of your own personal Egypt as well. Says the Orachayim, right? In Ekonomi, that if we were left to our own devices, it would be way too hard for us to get out of it. But Hashem is help, right? Hashem is here to help us. Hashem helps us during Elul, right? Mikveh Yisrael Hashem, Hashem is around Mikveh and he'll take us out. Ramelech quotes uh, the Tzaddikim. Which, whenever the Rav Melech quotes the tzaddikim, you know he's he's just too humble to say that it's his pshat. But he says tzaddikim pirshu that the tzaddikim explain, right? Meaning that he, he came up with it himself. But uh, the pasuk says at the end, don't sit up for yourself amatseva, which is uh, like a statue or a, or a, or whatever that Hashem hates. Don't set up a statue or, or a fixed uh, kind of stone altar or stone type of thing. That's what, because Hashem hates that. It says Ramelech, don't be like a statue, right? Don't be unable to move, right? Because that's, Hashem hates that, right? A, a person is always able to move, right? No matter how hard it is, a person is always able to grow, right? If you think that you can't grow, you can't move, that's a Vodazara. That's a Matseva, right? You're sticks and stones, you cannot grow, you cannot move. Hashem hates that. Don't give up. Kosh Baruch has got your back. You can always do tshuva. You can always accomplish uh, in Elul. Rav Melech quotes a mushal of a guy who needed to get into a, a high-security facility. Right? The gates are locked. It's the middle of the night. The place is locked down. So the guy calls out to the gatekeeper, and all of a sudden the gates open. Right? So the guy thinks, what do you think if you're looking from the outside? You don't know better. It's some incredible hulk in the back ripping open, the, open these metal gates. But really what it is, it's just sitting there. It's just a dude with a button. 
He's just pushing the button, gates open. And that's our Sezra Melech, is our ticket, right? The gates to heaven are barred, right? High security walls, gates, the works, right? Security system, videos, etc. We have a couple of buttons, right? Kosh Baruch was blessed us with a couple of buttons. Torah, Tshuva, those are our buttons, right? It seems like an impossible task. There's no way you could do it physically, humanly. You couldn't rip open those gates by yourself. But Kosh Baruch takes care of us. He gave us Torah, gave us Tshuva, gave us Tefillah. Right? We have a couple of buttons that we can push to open up the gates, right, in Shalim. Okay, uh, switching gears over here uh, to the Lakos of a king. The Pesach says, Pergidayin Pesach Yudches, let me just find it because I have it in a, uh, one second, sorry, yeah. Okay, Pesach says about a king, a lot of Lakos about a king. Uh, the Pesach says, When the king sits on his throne, because of Lois Mishnah Torah is also safer Bilfna Kodim Halavim, he has to write a safer Torah. The Haisaimo, it has to be with him. The Karabo Kolyme Khayav, he has to read right, his entire his entire life. The Manuel Mad in order so that he should learn. Liraz Hashem Alokov to fear Hashem. The Shmur is called the Vriya Torahzos to keep the entire Torah as a Hukim Haila Lazusam and to keep all of the Hukim to keep all of the all of the laws. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, right, it uh, works off the, the Sanhedrin, Dafchaf Aleph, works off this Pesach, and explains that the king actually had two crowns, uh, two Torahs, I'm sorry, right, one that stayed in the palace, and one that was a type of, like, an amulet, almost, right, that he carried with him, right, wherever he went. Now, what was the point of that, right, that to have a mini Torah? So, basically, the Gemara explains, right, that, uh, again, in a theoretically, you would have thought that he could just have one at home when he learns, right? The Pesach says he needs a Torah to, to learn, right? So, in a I get it. Okay, fine. Right? It's a famous Shweki song, Asherim Misha Talmud Biyado. It's good. That, it's great that someone has, uh, uh, you know, his Torah with them. But, like, you could just talk this. You could have read it, left the Torah at home and have his Sfarim on the bookshelf. And when he comes home, you could learn from it. What's the point for him to carry around this Sefer Torah all, all with him? So, it says Rechaim Shmulevitz, right, there's an additional mitzvah here. For the king, and in addition to reading and learning from the Torah, there's an additional halacha that it's also for him to have hesachadas, for him to remove his mind, for him to space out, for him to have a distraction from the Torah at any point. Right? He has to be fully focused on the Torah at all times. So much so that the Gemara there in Sanhedrin has a special drasha, has a special teaching to tell me that the king shouldn't take the Torah into the bathroom. Why would you ever think the Torah, should, the king, should take the Torah with him into the bathroom? Right? Why in the world would you think that? We don't think to fill it into the bathroom. So that's the idea, that he's not allowed to lose track of the Torah and its values for any moment to the point where that you would have thought maybe he should even take it into into the bathroom with him. And therefore, the Gemara had to teach us that he doesn't. Says in Nelson Svi, the emphasis of the Pasuk is the purpose of this halacha. Right? right? So you should learn to fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? The Torah is telling us that a crucial aspect of getting your Shemayim, right, of accomplishing in our tshuva process and growing in Torah, is to combat Hesachadas, is to fight against right, getting distracted, not paying attention, thinking of other things, etc., etc. Right? The, easy, the easiest example I can give of, of Hesachadas is in davening. 
Right? We always are distracted. We always space out. We never fully focused. Right on Shmona Esrei. Another example is when you're learning. Right, always space out. Right, it's very crucial to keep focused, not deviate from whatever you're doing. And there are many chazals understand, right, underscore the importance the importance of staying focused, of avoiding hesachadas, of avoiding getting distracted. Uh, we've mentioned the Bryce at the beginning of the Ein Yaakov. Right, the Ein Yaakov quotes in his introduction to the to his commentary on Mishnayos. Big machlokas of what the main puzzle, like what the Iker message of the Torah is. And one of them, one of the examples over there, we, as we say, is that the Korban Tamid is the Iker of the Torah. The Korban Tamid that was brought every morning and every evening, day in, day out, that that's the message of the Ever Hashem, of being an Ever Hashem, is you got to put in the hours, clock in, clock out, never take a day off. Right. Another example, Chazal gave in the Gemara Megillah, is that the reason that we have Purim in the second Adar, right, as we had this year, as opposed to the first Adar, is because Mismach Geula Legula Adif. It's better to com- connect the two Geulas, the Geula, the redemption of Purim and Pesach, is better to have them back-to-back as opposed to having Purim in the first Adar. And the idea is to combine two inspirational uh, holidays, two mo- you know moments of inspiration, right? It's better. It's it's good to do that. It's much better to have the inspiration tied and and, and one on the on the heels of the other. But even more important, uh, says Rambam Sifinko, than keeping yourself focused between inspirations is keeping yourself focused during inspiration. Right? A person needs to be but A person needs to be careful. Whatever avoda you're doing, right? Whether it's learning, whether it's davening, whether it's chesed. Right, whatever you're doing, it should be done without distraction. Right? How many of us right, learn right, with our phones next to us? Right? Every, every notification, every vibration, right, we check out of the learning that we're doing. Right? Do we put our phones away when we daven? Right? How many of us give our undivided attention to whatever mitzvah uh, you're doing? Rechaim Shmuelevitz gives us an amazing mashal that's often quoted about keeping a person engaged with whatever mitzvah davening, whatever, learning what you're doing. If you try, if you try to boil a pot of water, says Rav Chaim, right? let's say you have the fire on for one second, then you turn it off. Right? Then you turn it on again, then you turn it off. Right? The water's never going to boil. Right? It's the same thing with Kedusha. Same thing with Avoda. You've got to keep the fire on. You've got to stay learning. You've got to have the davening be interrupted. Right? It's a super important Kabbalah to take upon yourself. If you, have, you haven't figured out what to do during Elul, do that. Right, that you sh- you're learning, you're davening, or whatever you're doing should be uninterrupted. Right, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, half an hour. Train yourself to stay completely focused on whatever uh, whatever you're doing. Right, put the phone on the side, put it on vibrate, etc. If that's what you, need, I would suggest. If you need something to work on an elul, start with that. Right, with the dvarim shemagadusha when you're doing uh, learning Torah. Right, uh, for example. Making sure you do it uh, uninterrupted. All right. The last thing we'll talk about is the happens to be the last thing uh, in the parsha, the the parsha of Egla Rufa. Egla Rufa, very strange halacha. Basically, what happens is, is that a person, Rachman al you find a dead body in the middle of nowhere, um, and no one knows who killed him. That's what says. Lono So basically, they measure the distances between cities, and the city that's closest to it, right, the based in that city. Right, basically goes out and takes a cow and they break its neck right, by the nachal, by the river uh, and they say, just to quote the psukim at the end the psukim in Perchaval of Pasuk Vav basically they say the, the, the Beisden and the Rabbanim from the city that's closest to the dead body 
the Pesach says, poetically, they wash their hands, right, of this dead body. And they say, we didn't spill this blood. Right? And we didn't see. We didn't see what happened. Right? Atone for this, Am Yisrael. It's almost as if we're blaming the Beisden for this guy's death. And the, it's the obvious question. And the Gemara in Sota, Daphman Vav, asked this question. Are you really, you're talking, what, Beisden has to be like, we didn't kill him? These are the greatest tzaddikim in the city. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Beisden comes out with a cow and breaks its neck and says, no, it's not our fault. What, what, what's going on over here? So explains the Gemara. Yeah, Beisden's at fault. Why? Because Beisden should have sent this guy out of town with an escort, with a, with a companion. Right? Obviously, this guy was traveling alone, right? And he ended up suffering his demise because of it. Beisden should have sent him with some sort of accompaniment. Except that that doesn't really answer the question, right? How does that help? Right? What kind of answer is that? What if uh, there's an army of bandits? Right? There are 15 guys came uh, came upon this one guy. So if you sent them with the companions, then the other guy would also be dead. Right? How does that help? Right? What the escort would have fended off of 15 guys? So the Maharal on this Gemara answers this question absolutely beautifully, and and also gives us another message. Right, that, that helps us during Chodesh Elul. says that there are two concepts of play here. There's the concept of an individual and the concept of a kehila. says the Maharal that the Seat Deshmaya that Kalal Yisrael in general gets is greater than the Seat Deshmaya of an individual. So therefore, when a person leaves the city by himself, right, he isn't given, he's entrusted with a certain level of divine protection. But when he leaves the city with a companion, so now they tap into the Esat of the group, of the Kahal, of Am Yisrael, of Kal Yisrael. Right? That is much more powerful. And that might have saved that guy from death. And that's the big big message that we have nowadays. Right? That clinging to Kal Yisrael, clinging to a Kahal, to, to, a, to a nation, yes, Enochanami, all of us on Rosh Hashanah are judged, right? very poetically we say in the Sana Tokef, one by one, like Kosh Barakul passing through sheep. Yes, that's true. But tapping into the Kedusha of the group, the Kedusha of the Kahal, of Am Yisrael, person re- re- receives a lot more Sadhya And this concept is found throughout, right, uh, you know, Judaic text. Right? The Pesach says in the uh, Parshish B'chukosai, right, in, in the Brachos, that if you keep the, the, the Torah, the Pesach says, V'radfu me'kem chamesha me'ao, me'ao me'kem revavayur dofu. That five will run after, uh, in battle, right? Five soldiers will run after 100, and 100 will run after 10,000. Now, Rashi has the obvious question. That math does not work, right? Five to 100 is one soldier will be able to take 20. 100 to 10,000 is one soldier will be able to take 100, right? That doesn't work. So says Rashi, that's the power of a group, right? When you're in a group of five, so you have the ability, right? Each soldier counts for 20. When you're in a group of 100, all of a sudden the soldier's powers are multiplied, that a hundred Jews has much has a much higher spiritual level, gets much higher Shmaya than a, a group of five Jews. Um, I heard from from Binyamin Yudin that the Gemara says and, and Brachos Daf as well is also also a proof. And Pesach says, right, that when I daven for you Hashem is an Esratzon. Uh, that's the Pesach Daleim. So Gemara says, Emasai Esratzon. When is it an Esratzon? B'Shashatzirum is Palum. That's the time when Jews are diving together, but Tzibor. Tzibor, when you go to a shul with a minion, 
That's when it's an Esau song. That's when Hashem definitely listens. And the price says, Rabbi Nassim, Omer, Minayin, Sheina, Kosh Baruch, Mois, Betfilas, and Shalravim. How do you know the Kosh Baruch was not disgusted by the Tfilah in, of, of, uh, in a group, of a minion? Shnamar, right? He quotes the Pasuk as well, that the Kosh Baruch uh, will listen to the Tfilah and loves that does not get discussed about the Tfilah of a minion, right? So important to latch on to like minded people, to go dive in a minion, to go learn the base Medrash. Right, if you have a choice between staying home and going out to learn or do a mitzvah or daven, for sure go out and do it with other people. Right, definitely tefillah b'tzibur. Right, uh, you know, I, I heard a fantastic muscle for davening from my uh, my computer professor in YU. Uh, ironically, probably the one thing I learned from him. But uh, uh, Professor Zwick said he said it's like it's like buying a potato. Right, <laughs> that if you if you're gonna buy one potato, so you inspect the potato, you make sure it's not rotten. But if you're going to buy a bag of potatoes, you just grab the whole sack. So Kosh Barakos says, yeah, if it's a minion, if it's a if it's a sack of potatoes, he'll just grab the whole sack. He doesn't look to inspect and see if it's rotten. But if it's one potato, so then he'll check it out. All right, I thought it was pretty good. But Taklas is, then again, in, in Elul, it's crucial to stick to growth-oriented people. Again, make sure you use this Koch HaTzibor, the Koch of like-minded individuals to, to beef yourselves up. And years shemayim uh, and influence you uh, in the proper way. Right again, learning by yourself is amazing, but doing it in a group is even more powerful. Right, take advantage of that kol chatzibur. Right, because we know that Kosh Baruch Hu gives us even more siyat to the shemayim uh, in that manner. All right, everybody have a tremendous Shabbos, and we'll see you in the next week.